welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, 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 everybody, what's up? podcast this is a knock on nation podcast this is uh one a lot of you might recognize from instagram social media i'm here with matt newton what's up dude not much man just enjoying this knock experience well to for a little background um there's been two different times where i've done well there's been multiple times where i've done bow auctions um you always get involved whenever I do auctions for like charity things. The first one you did was um, the Hurricane Harvey bow. You're from Texas. You got involved with that and won that bow, which was Franken bow. And then that was, was that two years ago or last year? That was last year. Last year. And then now this year um, I did another auction for the Folds of Honor and you bid on the Hulk bow because you wanted a target bow too. So instead of sending you that bow, um, I bought you a plane ticket. Come up and I wanted, you know, one, to say thanks. Um, But two, just you've kind of been a motivation for me as well because although I don't always interact with everybody's posts, I'm pretty adamant about tracking how people are doing and what people are doing and, it's just really refreshing to see people that kind of take what I'm talking about and then apply it to their lives. Cause I'm really not trying to be a salesman. I mean, obviously I've got a business like you said, but I'm also living a lifestyle that I think now, since you've been here, you can vouch. I mean, it probably is exactly what you see. Yeah, I don't, you, you live, you live by what you preach. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's people that preach something and do other things, but that's not you. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I could tell that right away when I stumbled upon your Instagram and YouTube stuff that you were, you were genuine with it. And well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you're, you're the same way as, as there are a lot of guys out there, but, um, what was cool about you is you got a Traeger a while back, you started I met you a year ago when I gave you Frankenbow just because you hunt Oklahoma and we and I hunt Oklahoma. We weren't too far apart, so I said, "Just meet me and get this thing." And uh, we met up, and you were a lot bigger then. Yeah, <laughs> I was a lot heavier. So a lot heavier. How much weight in like? How much had you lost in total since just change what and what all did you apply that's that's a really cool story for people to hear when i met you in october last year i was probably pushing 380 i hadn't stepped on a scale but i was every bit of 380 uh after thanksgiving i was 374 and i was like holy crap i gotta i gotta lose some weight uh it was getting bad uh my job lends itself to eating pretty pretty terrible a lot long hours 
go to work in dark, come home in dark. No. Well, tell people what you do, too, because you're, like, the perfect hard-working American, too. That's what I love about it as well. Yeah, uh, I am a welding inspector. I actually got a promotion this year, and now I am a chief inspector. Uh, I oversee pipelines and uh, gas and oil facilities being built, uh, make sure they're done to spec, Everything is done the way that the gas company, DOT, OSHA, FEMSA, everything, uh, all those guidelines are in place so that when we fire it off, there's no explosions, there's no <laughs> people getting hurt. Uh, and, and that's, it's really, I run a daycare. Yeah. If you ever work with welders on a consistent basis and contractors in general, when you tell them no, it's a temper tantrum. You've got to deal with 30 and 40, 50 year old guys telling, crying like, like a baby really oh it, it's it's fun dealing with the personalities all the people you work with are gonna be like they're gonna listen to this and be like a-hole <laughs> fine. Fine. they know it's true yeah it yeah. is it, that is the case anytime you're a manager supervisor whatever on some capacity you have a essentially you have a, a parental role of overseeing and mm-hmm. you know babysitting at some capacity it's just at a different capacity with a lot more responsibility on the shoulders of the people that you're looking over but i just love the fact that you know a lot of really big business people out there and there's several listeners that i know are extremely successful presidents of big businesses own corporations things like that i assumed when i bid um, that that's kind of who would end up winning those bows. And then when I told you like, Hey, here's, you know, these are tax deductible. You can do a business write off, et cetera. And you're like, Hey man, I'm just, I'm just a guy down in Texas. You know, you have a fifth wheel. So you have to travel from job site to job site, um, sets up in a campground a lot of time and you just work your punch your clock and get home and six days a week minimum and then shoot your bow and your a lot of times in your in my trailer in your trailer yeah so you told me that you can get eight yards i can if i push it i can get eight and a half yards <laughs> and uh, so awesome well it this year i didn't get a lot of shooting in and what i did get in was in my trailer and there was a time you know you talk about cadence whenever you your draw your, you know four to four to six seconds and you're getting the fire yeah and that's that's all i did at eight yards i i mean it's hard to miss the dot that far and i was just working on that and i actually got it down to where i was had a good rhythm and and then once you did go outside even though you hadn't practiced long range long range i mean are you are you kind of surprised because here yesterday you're like i haven't shot a long ways in a a, i mean forever you said so you said can i shoot your elk at 80 yards i'm like go for it dude and i think 80 for people to shoot 80 yards 10 years ago that there would be people that would stop and watch like you're gonna shoot a bow 80 yards 10 years ago i never made a shot over 50 i had a five pin sight 20 or four pin 20 30 40 50 that was it do you think what you shot for groups at like 50 would be adequate to probably what you could do now at double that or, or 80? I, I would say I'm more proficient now when I'm in practice you yeah. know, uh, with my reps at 100 yards than I was at 50 with my other stuff. That's awesome. And, you know, one thing, I, d- I didn't shoot a handheld release until two years ago or 
uh, tension style. Yeah. I, I did have a True Fire Hardcore. Okay. Yeah. I had one of those. That's what I was shooting. And it felt more natural for my anchor. Yep. But the one thing I was uh, thankful for is when I first picked up a bow and went to the shop and picked out what I wanted, the man told me squeeze the trigger. Mm-hmm. I, he didn't, you know, he didn't say snap it. And I always did that. So I was always patient and squeezed through like you would with a rifle. Yeah. And I never knock on wood, had target panic. Yep. And I don't want to say that because now I'm probably going to get it. No, you won't. But, uh... I just threw voodoo. I just threw some magic dust on you with my... I like that. With my mind. But it... Uh, yeah, shoot. And I shot a lot. I I would shoot every day when, uh, when I had a job that allowed it. When I'd get home, I shot every day. Uh, but I was nowhere near as proficient then as I am now, even not getting the reps in that I was getting then. Or the distance. Or the distance. I mean, you're uh, today at the at your school. I told you I made a really good shot. You even said, that's a great shot. And I was like, I know your system works because I was struggling to stay on target. And I just pulled, 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 pulled fire. And it dead center. Yeah. You know, and that uh, that uh, that's really helped. Just yeah. Lending yourself to the process of the shot more than the outcome of the shot. Yep. And that... I get frustrated when I don't see the outcomes, but mm-hmm. like today, you do this, do this, dead center. Do this, do this, dead center. And when... Yeah. I like... You want to see results. Yeah. And uh, your process allows that. It's a... The hard part as a coach, people make different mistakes at different times, and you, if you point out too much, it gives people too much to chew on. That's one thing that we talked about, too, is yesterday... Well, we shot in the backyard for a while, and some of the things that I worked on you there with your hunting bow were different than what we did today when we went into the range and shot. And the same things were there yesterday, but I wanted to pick and choose my battle. So I, you know, I I looked at what you were doing yesterday, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna first today talk about these. I don't know if I talked, we talked about one or two things at the most, maybe yesterday and you shot for a while. And then naturally I think that you probably went to bed thought about it a little more, got up. You probably thought about it a little more because that's naturally what Mm -hmm. people do, especially people that are competitive or want coaching or seeking coaching. And once you are able to go through it with your mind a little bit, it makes it easier for you to apply compared to when you're just on the range and someone's trying you to do it. And then when we went in there today, I gave you a few more things to work on and you'd work on one thing and I'd be like, okay, he's getting it. He's doing that. And then I'd, I'd wait a little bit and then I'd say, okay, so here's the next little thing I want to talk to you about. And then as soon as you would try the new one, you'd be like, oh, I didn't do the last one. And And it's like, no, that's okay. That's, that's, you know, you can only chew or digest so much instruction and at least for me the good coaches or the good teachers that I've had in life are ones that point out the things that can help me the most at that time not the entire thing to where I feel overwhelmed and then you're almost backsliding on one thing in order to make progress on the other and the outcome ends up being the same because it ends up being a wash you do way better on this but you do worse on this and in the end it's still just an average and the results stay the same so um 
what was the one thing or what were the things that I pointed out to you that stuck and that helped you see improvement? The two things right off the top are my hand position and getting my big mitt in there solid. Yeah, Matt is bigger. Matt is bigger than me, taller and larger in his hands are well they're not as big as rogan's but no they're no, close he, that dude's got some mitts <laughs> he's got he's some, some of the mids. biggest hands i've ever seen well, years of punching things probably probably helped helped with make he, him bigger he, maybe i don't know i think he's got some silver back in him silver back gorilla hands but getting the hand in to where i have pressure from the top of the grip down through my hand because yep. i was having a gap where i was trying to high wrist it i guess and the facial pressure and that i really struggle with trying to feel my anchor more i want to feel it in there and you're like you don't have to feel you know force it in there if you can feel your fingers are in the right spot you're getting your nose you're getting the corner of the string in your mouth and you're check 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 and then you're scoping out you know lining up your peep and your scope you know, you don't have to be buried in there, and that's something I've I've always struggled with that putting it into my face. I usually have a bigger beard, yeah, and along with having fat cheeks, uh, so I've always really sunk it in there. Yep. But now that now I feel it, even when I went out just a minute ago and shot, I felt it. I I did. It was great. Your yep. lefts and rights were perfect. I and wasn't getting y- any. Yeah, you were you miss left a lot when you try to. And part of this is the progression of me teaching people how to use a handheld, teaching people how to anchor with a handheld. So, like, as I instruct, I say, okay, if you're using a handheld release, you know, your hand needs to be flat. It's separating your index finger and your middle finger. Put your middle finger under the jawline. Middle finger will be above the jawline. So people naturally want to feel that jaw and the more facial tissue you have the harder you're going to dig in to get to where you can feel that bone but as you progress and this is a good lesson for everybody out there once you understand the placement of your anchor then the next thing that you need to do and this will be a homework assignment in I don't know just guessing probably five weeks or so it'll be one of the weekly things um because I have steps that I'm going to lead people through to this point. But the one thing that I'm going to have people really think about is how light they can be on the anchor. Like once you understand it and you know where it needs to be, you don't have to bury it. You need to understand the placement of it, but then start to recognize, okay, the point of the anchor is kind of the base or the foundation of my full draw position. But if I know I'm kind of in that realm, how you adjust your head to then meet the string on the corner of your mouth, tip of your nose, looking through the center of the peep, um, you are going to start to really minimize your left to right errors. Um, The person that I, like I told you, the person that really identified this with me was years and years ago when I was shooting with um, a good friend of mine named Dave Stepp. And I know if you're listening to the podcast a lot, you've heard me talk about Dave's name. So, I mean, I tried to be around people that I respected and that also were 
good examples, and I'm a very observant student. I think that's important for anybody is to be able to watch someone that does something well and try to, because Dave wasn't going out and saying, okay, here's how I do it. You know, you want to be better than me? Here's what you need to do. Like, that's not what Dave did. What Dave did was Dave did Dave's thing. And he beat me almost all the time. So I was continually looking like, what is he doing different? And there's a couple times where I'm like, man, um, and it was especially true when we would shoot longer distances. And I would say, it seems like your anchor is almost just floating, you know, because he was so light, the everything, the, the way the string was on the side of his face, where the knock was just, you know, it was... It was just like a millimeter space between like his lip and where that arrow shaft and that knock was. And, but his arrow flight, like he's one of the few people where I can say his arrow flight was always spectacular. It, like you would never see an arrow come out with a kick or come out a little loose. And if he missed, he missed up or down. Like he missed because of yardage. It was never a miss left or right. It was always falling out of the peep a bobble which is natural or a misjudge like that's the way he missed he didn't miss left and right and his arrows flew like i mean it just looked like a perfect laser and it was i had determined it's because his anchor was so like precious it was it was like fragile almost how you know soft he would be there and then his he shot a very light trigger he'd have his finger on the trigger and he would he wouldn't have a lot of dynamic movement to it um but he never dug in you know he would never you would never see him wrinkle his face or wrinkle the skin so i started to incorporate that into what i'm doing and even if i'm shooting a hinge release um a wrist strap a, a tra- thumb trigger it doesn't matter when I come to full draw, I come, I bring that over to my face, and once I feel that position, I'm good. From there, I adjust my head position so that the tip of my nose gets to the string, and I'm looking directly through the peep sight. I'm not digging to the anchor first and then trying to, you know, finagle the head to where it to where I can see through the peep. Right. You know, if if the anchor's light and if it's if it's there, it makes your peep acquirement much easier and you're probably not going to feel like you're having to tip your head to the to the string as much too. Right. The I don't know how many ends we shot this morning, but there was probably I would say out of all those arrows maybe a dozen where I put it all together and had it right and from hand position soft on my elbow yeah perfect facial pressure and then i had the cadence i mean it went off faster than it had been and you're shooting a two smooth yes that was set you had it set fairly slow because you were shooting your heavy hunting bow and you were you know it a hinge release will feel different depending on your holding weight like how quick or you know how it moves and how fast it'll essentially rotate and fire you can have more movement in it when you're shooting heavier weight than when you're shooting lighter weight. So when you switched over to my bow, I said, try mine. 
you were and and my bow that I'm shooting is a little bit different than the Hulk bow because the Hulk bow I had originally set up for 3D and for like field, so it's I would I don't know but I would guess probably 64 pounds is normally around where I shot for that type of stuff, whereas my indoor bow I'm shooting about 56. The cams are different though, which that's why I wanted you to shoot it, even though the poundage is less pulling back the demand of that cam is so different isn't it it was definitely more demanding on uh holding it full draw mm-hmm. it uh it i don't want to say it almost got away but i did feel it a couple yeah. times when i was trying to go through making the two smooth go off it reminded me of shooting my turbo yep uh, that turbo yeah. and the valley the short very short and the svx cam has a very short valley too yep. but i almost like that a little better because it doesn't allow me to ease up yep it, it m- and that's what tournament archers like about that that's why tournament archers want lower let off bows not high let off bows and they like certain cam systems that oops I'm kicking kicking arrow shafts here um they want cams that force you to like be on the ball and that with the high let off bow they're really nice for hunting situations for staying at full draw for a long time and things like that. But you can also get lazy with that. You know, you can, you can quickly just kind of dilly dally back in the, at the full draw position. And you don't realize like with a very high let off bow, you don't realize maybe you're not pulling as hard as you think you are. And as you fatigue, you might feel like you're pulling hard on the wall, but you're just kind of sitting right on the edge of that valley. Whereas with with that the target cams, a target shooter is going to know right away, like I've already crept forward three quarters of an inch and haven't even felt it, you know. you ha- And then you're going to end up missing high, which is um, last week, Bailey, who a lot of you uh, follow Bailey as well, Hashtag Bailey's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> does, does she have a hashtag Bailey's a beast? I've made one for her. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so Bailey sent me, she texted me her targets, and I said, okay, are those continually, is that your miss? And she said, every miss is right there. Why? And so I told her, okay, what's happening is, you know, you're starting to collapse a little bit. You're creeping a little bit. and you're not knowing it and i said and if you do depending on your cam synchronization you're going to miss high as you creep so i had her um put her top cam just a little bit ahead of the bottom just so that if she does get weak on the back wall and creep a little bit before it fires she's still able to to keep it in the 10 so like with you when you you know when you missed high i said you're creeping and then you started to recognize okay yeah i I actually am i did and you're right because i shot two arrows with hulk and then two arrows with your prevail yeah and you can and physically i felt the same but i was creeping hard i mean it (laughs) that bow does not let you be lazy at all no and no i want to say i like that more i like it keeping you in check well right now like this time of year when effectively we're training this is training time um if you train harder then it makes 
game time easy. You know, that's, that's the reality. So training right now on a hard bow, you know, that's why, that's why like recurve archers, they can pick up a compound and just, they can master it very fast because shooting a recurve is even another step harder than shooting a target bow. You know, it's, it's like, it's a next level of difficulty. So when they go to like, say my prevail to them, that would seem easy. Like they're not going to creep on my bow because that's, that's probably half the effort that they're having to put forth to pull through a clicker with their compound bow. So it's all relative. You know, if you, if you use this time of year to almost make it harder and really train with purpose, train with intent to, to just fine tune and polish all these little aspects. Once it gets time where you're shooting a hunting bow and you're only holding like 12 pounds and you know, you're having to shoot one arrow a day Mm -hmm. to, you know, to make a kill shot. It's, I mean, it's, it's easy. It's like, you know, it's as easy as it can get. I'm glad people are already on board. We're one week in. I plan on after you leave, I've got to come back and I've got to, I want to do a, a recap of week one from my point of view. I'm going to recap week one, talk about the assignment for week two um, and lead people into that. And everyone out there just needs to recognize like through this training um, and if you want to find it, you're going to have to go to the Knock on Archer YouTube channel. I've named it all School of Knock. It'll be School of Knock week one, School of Knock week two. Um, so at the end of, or at the beginning of each week, starting now on week two, I'll recap week one, things that I did good, things that I did personally bad, and then we move on. Like my first day, I struggled. I struggled to shoot 40 arrows my first day with that prevail. I shot several nines. Um, but then as I progressed, I think after the first two days, I think I shot two, I shot a fresh target the first day. Then I shot a fresh target the second day. Then by the third day, um, and the second day I might've missed one ten, but by the third day I shot clean. And then the fourth day I shot clean. So I just kept the same target face up. So I think I, I think I shot clean days three four five six and technically today was seven but i shot a double round like today i shot my seventh round for the first week and shot clean and then i'm even though i was like fatigued you were still shooting so i'm like okay i'm just gonna keep shooting and then uh ended up shooting a nine again i was fatigued too but i was trying to keep (laughs) up with you i was only there for you well, I think we both made each other shoot more. What did you pick up or recognize? See, I take my shooting for granted because I, you know, I just, it's just what I do. Um, did you pick up anything watching me just based off, I know you've listened to most of the podcasts, you follow along. Is there things that you were able to pick up that helped you, even though maybe I didn't talk about them just from you watching? Yes. Uh, one thing I really notice is how smooth you are through the whole shot process from loading the arrow hand position draw 
and and how just how smooth it is i mean there's no there's no pause in it when when you start your shot routine there's no pause yeah and i noticed reflecting on myself with that i have a lot of pauses Mm -hmm. doing my checks and that obviously you've shot probably millions of arrows and i don't know about millions but definitely i would think probably for sure a million well (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's i would think it would get close i don't know i mean i figure 50,000 arrows a year, you know, for probably the last, I don't know, I would say 30 to 50,000. It's somewhere in that capacity, so it's definitely an add-up. But right. just It's it's a smooth process. Yeah. For you. you let down one time, and it was like, I believe the last arrow on your last end you let down, mm-hmm. your fourth arrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was it. I mean, I, there was times I need, I should have let down but didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, just how smooth you are with it all and how refined i mean even your week one into your training i can imagine what it's going to look like week 12 yeah Uh, and then your consistency i mean i watched you a few times i even took a video so that i can look at on my phone you did i didn't even see you do any of that well i'm big but i'm sneaky (laughs) uh just just as a reference i know there's a bunch of it on youtube but I can open it up and look and, and look at what it's supposed to be. Yep. And that's, uh, and I can zoom in, you know, we talked about how I was operating the two smooth versus how you were operating it. Uh, I can zoom in on your hand. I, you know, that sort of, uh, the, the, the small details is what I noticed in your shot. Yeah. You, there's so many details in making a good shot. I mean, I watch you shoot two ends clean. You just driving arrows. Well, I feel, See, I, f- I don't feel polished right now. I mean, I've got, I would say I've got hiccups. Like, you know, I feel like if you've ever had a truck that's has perfect alignment and tires are balanced and everything, and all of a sudden you get on a road and you have to go through mud for a little bit, and then you get out on the road, and once you hit certain speeds, you can feel the chime, and you can feel that there's, like, some vibration to it. That's where I'm at right now. I mean, certainly by week 12, I would, you know, I'll be way more efficient, refined, and polished. I mean, it'll be, shooting clean rounds will be very, very effortless by that point. But, like, right now, there's times in the road where I'm like, man, you know, there were a bunch of breakdowns. What makes good archers great is once they put in the time and start to have enough education to where they recognize what that breakdown is. See, today, one of the best progressions that you made in my mind wasn't that you corrected what I did and you were hitting center. It's when you would miss and then you look, you would look and you'd say, I know what I did there. Like, that's what separates good from great is the ability to recognize and then, you know, recalibrate and then get back on track. So if you can't recognize that, you can go from having a, you know, where you're missing one out of four arrows, you know, shooting at the dots, instead of missing one out of four, you're missing three out of four. And the one might just be shithouse luck that you're hitting the one and you're just kind of going through it and feeling like I'm doing what he told me. I'm doing what he told me. 
but you keep making the same mistake. Whereas if you shoot that first arrow and it's out and you know, okay, I this is why that happened, well, then all of a sudden you're dot, dot, dot. Or you might be dot, dot, you make a mistake and you're like, crap, and then all of a sudden back to the dot. One of the things that I plan on talking about when I do my recap, um, and I may just do, I may talk about it in a post, but I took a picture of that target that I've had up all week. And um, what is the most positive thing for me looking at that target, like above all of it, is the fact that where I shot for my fourth arrow, do you notice that that was one hole? Mm -hmm. There wasn't a single, like, the fact that I was able to finish all of week one with my fourth arrow, like, always digging deep enough to make sure I wasn't, like, just complacent to shoot the fourth arrow. Like, I, I might have made a mistake somewhere on arrow one or arrow two or arrow three, but by arrow four, I was really focusing on making a good shot and finishing like for me the power of the four like the emphasis is on the four can I execute number four as good or better than any of the other ones because in the name of any type of competition if you can't finish strong then you're not finishing right. you know you have to finish strong and you have to be able to dig down when things are breaking down and pull them together enough to execute and when I saw the, my target and I'm like man for well 240 arrows on that face my target for you know all I ever did was continue to just stretch that hole I never shot outside of the hole it was always the same so that was the the takeaway for me is I finished week one doing what I said was digging deep to make that one extra arrow that you really don't need. And like like you said on that last arrow, I was I was thinking that and the reason I let down on the last one is because that occurred to me before I pulled my arrows on the last end and I went back thinking about it and I was thinking about like what I was going to say. And then once I was at full draw on that, I started to make a critical mistake, which I've made many times in tournaments where people all of a sudden say, Hey man, last arrow, you get this it's a world record. It's like, what? And then you, then you, you're out of like your flow and then you end up making a mistake even though you feel like you weren't. So I found myself thinking about that more than thinking about my shot. And I, I rec luckily I recognize it because I'm pretty sure like when I went to let down, I realized I had crept quite a ways because what I was doing was I was just being content holding in that hole. I'm like, I'm in the hole, still going to be a perfect round. If I probably would have shot that last year, I probably would have missed. Um, because I wasn't just focused on the shot. I was focused on like, I don't know. I was focused on the result. That's what I, in my mind, I knew deep down, I'm thinking about the result of this fourth placement on the target. Like I'm thinking about having 
one perfect hole rather than thinking I want to make one perfect shot. And so that's why I just canceled it because I, I could, I knew the demons were in my head and they, they're not really demons, but they're just, it's subconscious personalities that are talking to one another and you know they they're putting the cart ahead of the horse they're like here's what we're going to talk about about this fourth hole and then meanwhile everyone like forgot about the subconscious that's trying to actually make that shot happen naturally so i canceled and and just closed my eyes thought about my shot process thought about a perfect shot and then i'm like okay now duplicate that exact feeling and then went through to essentially to finish the way I wanted the target to finish. But that that was the most rewarding part of week one of practice for me is not the fact that I completed it. It's the fact that arrow number four throughout that whole week for one reason or another, every single arrow that I shot, you know, seven times 40, 200, 280 arrows. I can't really say because I don't have the first day's target up but at least the one that I kept up for since Tuesday, um, we can see what the size of that hole was. And so I'm like, you know, hey, this was doing exactly, if this was a homework assignment, I got an A plus because arrow number four counted every single time. Yeah, it, that was impressive. I, I pulled your arrows a couple times and uh, I noticed that. Thank you. That hey, I'm here to help. <laughs> I'm here to help. That fourth arrow, it was in the same hole, like you said. I mean, you you the hole got a little bigger, but it was the same hole. You were just stretching the hole. Yeah. And that of uh, of the three dots, that fourth one was the most impressive because it's not a dot. You, yeah. You don't have a ten ring you're aiming at. You just picked a spot. Was it the barcode? Yeah, I was on, just shooting at the barcode. On the barcode on the target and. It's dead center of the barcode, up, down, left, and right. Yeah. And the hole just, you were in the hole. Yeah. That that That's the impressive part. Well, what did you do different? Let's go back to, we've got to get you on the road here. Um, but what did you do differently with your cooking and your diet? Because I think this, was, this is a valuable thing for people listening. There might be people that want to turn their lives around and, you know, try to get in a little bit better shape and so forth. Um, because it makes you, obviously it makes you a better archer. I know for me, I told you at one time I had let my weight really get out of control. And, um, it was, I remember too, I was, I forget what year I was shooting pro, but my sister came back home. She's, she has some really good like creole cooking so we were eating like that's the best crawfish etouffees wow. and all this stuff all the time and i just i remember i remember having to buy a pair of 38 waist pants and i was like holy cow and then i remember they started to get tight and i thought i'm i'm you're shaking your head at me but you got to remember when I was 18, when I started shooting pro, I wore 30, 38 Wranglers. 
shaking my head because <laughs> you're pissed that you got you were in a 38. Yeah, I'm but I went from a 30-38 to I was going to have to buy a pair of 40 waist. So to know my waist would have grown 10 inches in a matter of a few years, you know, that's I knew that I was going the wrong way, so I I pulled myself back in. And here I sit wearing a 40 waist as we talk. Uh, yeah, but y- you probably were a 44 before. I mean, if you got to a 50, would you say Listen, oh. I've got to do – you're a big dude. I mean, you're a offensive lineman. I mean, that's not my genetics. No. I'm not – you know, my genetics don't come from, like, you're bigger bone than me, you're, right. like, taller, you're broader, so it's it's not comparable. But what did you do different that you feel like made the most difference to try to help you go on the right direction? To start out with, I knew I was going the wrong direction. Uh, long story short, I had gone through a divorce and my eating habits had went terrible. Uh, Whataburger, Dairy Queen, Subway. That's what I had in the town. That's what I ate. <laughs> I think that's where I eat every time I go to Oklahoma. And well, I mean, <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. It's just terrible for you. Yeah. Um, and I, I had bef- previously I'd lost weight, went through that, put it all back on and then some, mm-hmm. um, and I know I had to do something because I felt terrible. Even on a good day, I felt terrible. Mm. And uh, I'd eaten clean before, and I said, "I'm going to get back to it. I got to make the change. I got to. I got to do it." You know, it, it takes effort, and I just wasn't putting in the effort. Yeah. Um, and then I started working on it at the first of this year, uh, d- January first. I actually traveled down to Midland on the thirty-first started a job and I said this is it I had a good grocery store that had the good food that was six miles away I had no excuses and uh, I just started eating clean again and then uh, last year I'd met Chad when I came and got Frank and Bo from you yeah and uh, Chad hooked me up with some with with some Traeger I forgot stuff. Chad was there he was yeah uh, me and Chad's him. almost I think Chad's down a hundred pounds since that trip dude i love that guy yeah not awesome. a, a man that can cook like that and he gives his time like mm-hmm. i can text him asking him how to cook a brisket and he's like this is what you need to do yeah done yeah and hopefully it, he's got it on copy and paste because i brain pop- fart so many times i'm like hey what what temperature do i pull this at and i mean i've probably asked him the same question a hundred times but he's like okay dad one more time so he hooked me up with the traeger uh and I got the Pro 34 because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm I'm doing it, so go big or go home. And I got that, and I really just took the clean eating to the next level. One thing that always bothered me about diets, because since ending football, mm-hmm. my weight has been a struggle. Yeah. Uh, diet food tastes terrible. Mm. It, it sucks eating the same thing every day, but with that Traeger, man, you can cook chicken breast and eat it all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, I just went clean and uh, bought good meats, bought good vegetables, and I even told you last night I ate stuff that I don't like yeah. because I knew it was good for me, and yeah. now I actually like it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like those I think your palate changes. I agree. You know. And uh, I feel as an archer, when last year I really shot a lot, and this year I haven't got to shoot as much, but I feel better with this weight off of me. I feel... Yeah. My uh, stamina yeah. has gone up, a- and then just as a just as a person, when I wake up in the morning, I don't hurt. Yeah, I don't feel 
like I need to stay in bed anymore. Like yeah. I, I can get up and go. And that's that's the main changes I made. Um, and I just actively said I'm going to cook every meal, every night. Meal prepping, I would get bored with it. I'd meal prep. Yeah. And then you know, come Wednesday, I'm like, I want something else. Yeah. And then here we go to Whataburger. Uh, the hardest part for me is just remembering to take something out of the freezer. Yeah. If I take it out of the freezer, my routine is in the morning. I'll get up, have my coffee. I'm like, what do I want to eat tonight? Like if I if I if I eat poorly, it's because I miss that step of what do I want to eat tonight? And if I say, well, I'm going to eat, you know, like when you came, I thought, well, we're going to plow down some, some back, you know, some whitetail back straps. So I took them all out, set them there. They were ready for us last night. You know, if I take them out in the morning and set them in the sink, they're like perfect to cook at night. You know, now if I had to do like a, a big old, elk full elk leg or something that might take a day and a half to defrost but if i take that out in the morning and set it out then it's then i'm eating at that point i'm eating good i can i mean every i think we can completely cook a meal and have hardly any cleanup in 35 minutes you know last night that's what we did yeah i mean it did not take long everything was done and we had a cutting board and two plates to wash. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And two bowls. Two it. glasses. Yes. Whiskey glasses. Yes. <laughs> yes. <That was> delicious. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a bottle of that. Good luck. I shared some of some of the the Pappy Van Winkle with it with you. Yeah. It's good, wasn't it? It was delicious. Yep. I got, I'm. I like bourbon, but that was <laughs> that, that's on a whole new level. Yeah. It was. It was like, um, I don't know, it's like, I shouldn't say it's like syrup, but it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a candy. It's like a treat. It is. So if you like a good bourbon, that is, uh, that is a treat. Uh, And I would have never bought it if it was, uh, if I had to pay like going rate for it. You have to know someone to know someone to where it's like, you're not having to get it on the black market either. I feel bad sometimes posting those things because I'm like, you know, if someone just goes on wherever and it's trying to find it and they see what this stuff costs, they're going to think that I'm a a millionaire. But the reality is a lot of what I have is given to me, yeah. you know, by good friends or whatever, thank you gifts or stuff like that. So I've been, I've been fortunate to be in the right place and help people at the right time and then you know, then people return the thanks with something that they know that, you know, is something I probably wouldn't buy ever for myself. So, yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted, uh, you did a podcast with Joe talking about this, but the intermittent fasting, Yep. that is, I, I single-handedly believe that more, even more than the cooking mm-hmm. that helped me. And then I, I took on it products and, uh, I take a lot of them. What do you do? TPC packs? I do the TPC packs. I do krill oil. Um, I do the, I always say this wrong, it's the greens mixture. Uh, the spirulina? The, yeah, the spirulina. Yep. And then the essential minerals. Yep. I take those and then uh, a bee. Which those are in the TPC packs, but you're adding to it. Yeah. Which you probably need to because of your size. See, I've always wondered if I needed to double up because some of the times I don't feel the effects of it. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like if, I don't know if, uh, if I'm supposed to take Tylenol, like taking two Tylenol for me mm-hmm. at my size is like, it's no point in doing it. Right. You know, it's, you, yeah, it's relative to size. You know, you got to think, you know, they're not asking 180 pound people to break the pills in half. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah, it, th- that's probably the fact that you're supplementing some of the, the ones that you like a little more. Yeah, for sure. Like even on the shroom techs, um, I think it says like two or three. I mean, I was taking five thinking yeah, the, I'm I, like a superstar. And then I'm like, I asked Joe, how many you take? He's like, I don't know, like a whole handful. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think the dosage is He's like, is yeah, four. bro, I'm all in. I think the dosage is four on those and there's two in the TPC yeah. pack. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking four on top of that. So I'm getting six in. Yeah. That's probably good. That's yeah. probably good. Yeah. I, I like them. But uh, the intermittent fasting, just to expand on that, is when, you know, in the morning, instead of eating right away when you wake up, essentially you're not eating. You're kind of sticking with more or less like clear liquid, so to speak. You're not eating and you're kind of forcing your body into a fast until a certain part of the day. Like um, I ate this when we got back, I ate about 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'd gone 13 hours which all I ate was some almonds. Mm-hmm. Like that was my first thing that I ate this morning. But a lot of times, like when I post pictures of like my breakfast, if I have like steak and eggs and an avocado, I'm normally eating that about 11 a.m. So I've gone about 14 hours without eating and I've already worked out by then. And yeah. it, I think it does really help a lot. With my job, I had to modify mine to where I eat from 12, from noon to 8 p.m. Because... A lot of times I don't get home till 7.30. Yeah. So I really tried to do the 16 hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I noticed a big difference. Oh, yeah. In the way I felt, I actually had more energy in the mornings than I had before. Uh, that was that was something. I And I even started throwing in, I do full 24-hour fast in there, too. Oh, okay. I did that a few times, just a water fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I think... Because of my discipline hunting tree stands and stuff, I don't, I don't feel like I have a a problem not eating. Like if I if I go eighteen or twenty hours without eating, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely get hungry. I think it does help me. You know, I, f- I feel like my body stays the way I want it to be. Um, but there are days too where I'm, where my body's telling me like, you need some carbs today, mm-hmm. you know? And if I know I have gone days and days without them, I might think, yeah, I, you know, I probably do need, or if I had a very hard work workout or if I was packing out an elk or if I had done 18 miles a day before and in the end, all I did was eat something at night, then I'm like, yeah, you need to, you know, I'm not out here to, to be in a fitness competition like my body does need to to feed itself some things right so for your cooking you're pretty much sticking to like grass-fed butters olive oil yes and then mainly like the rubs you're not really going deep into sauces and stuff i had the sauce i need to order some more sauces that texas spicy yeah that's the bomb (laughs) that's some good stuff yeah i make these uh uh sirloin burgers Mm-hmm. I've seen your burgers. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, to go to go clean on it, I'll do the burger, 
and that I'll put that uh, black and Saskatchewan rub yep. on it. That mm-hmm. is delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, some provolone cheese. I trigger some bacon. Yep. And then I'll use lettuce for the bun, but with that Texas spicy on top. It oh, is, yeah. It is a, you better make sure you put a towel on your shirt because it is a juicy, <laughs> juicy mess. But, oh, it's so delicious. Oh, and the fried egg. I put a fried egg on it, too. Oh, dang. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I might have to, that might be my lunch. I call that the after morning I drop burger. You off. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah that'd be good. Morning burger. Good for um, hangovers, too. Well, we've got 14 minutes to leave, so. Um, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I know. It's the reality. Sharon wants to get back. You don't want to leave. We could just have a big, a big party. I've got, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now because I've, I've got to like get back. I've got to film week two. I've got to do a recap. Tomorrow's Monday. So, well, you see how many things come in here. Now I'm up to 417 emails. So <laughs> I'm, I get, I I'm get feeling about the 20 I get a day. I feel overwhelmed right now, but yeah. I'll make it through. Uh, I do want to say thanks for everything that you do for the nation. Um, earlier you talked about, I noticed my misses and I knew what I did wrong before I found you. I wouldn't have known what to do. Yeah. And that is a help in and of itself right there. And you're very selfless with your time to us. I see what you, I see firsthand what you have to deal with from everyone pulling at you in all different directions. And you still make time to make posts to do the school of knock to when I text you with some questions and I'm sure you've got other guys that do it too. Yeah. And you selflessly give. And I just want to say thank you for that because that you've made a guy who really in myself wants to be a good archer. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a hunter first. I don't know that I'll ever shoot a single 3d tournament or uh, punch paper, but when I killed my deer last year, the only thing going through my mind and that was my biggest deer was your shot process. That's when I, awesome. When I knew it was the deer I was going to shoot, that was it. Shot process. And I 10 ringed him and, and he <laughs> went, he went 40 yards and piled up. That's such a huge accomplishment. I mean, I wish I could have said that. I, I mean, I, I fell apart like for probably the first 15 years I shot at stuff. I was just a shaking, rattling mess and had no idea what to do at all. I mean, you know, you, you just, go buy something at a Gander Mountain or at your local sports shop and then just go home and talk to your friends like, hey, here's how I use this thing. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I put – I don't even hold it that way. I hold mine this way. And you're like, oh, well, maybe that's how you are supposed to hold it. <laughs> you yeah. know? But th- there's no one else giving us this information on this level. Well, I appreciate it. It It, it is it is amazing. Yeah, I mean – Watching you, we talked about my food changes. I followed what you were doing mm-hmm. in archery, and I followed what you were doing with the cooking. And my archery has gotten gotten better. My lifestyle of eating has gotten better. And you're my daily motivation. I fall off the wagon because at heart I'm still a fat kid. And I do love, <laughs> I li- do love Dairy Queen yeah. blizzards. Uh, but you're my motivation. Well, and I appreciate that. Uh, everything you're doing is, I mean, top tier for everything from your products down to your coaching. Well, if it's working for you, then I'm happy it, for sure. I it, mean, there's always room for improvement, but it is good that you're seeing, if you're seeing improvement, then I'm happy. Well, that's the one thing I can vouch for to the rest of the nation is if you just listen 
and do what he says to do. Even though you might not ever get to have one-on-one coaching with him, if you can watch his videos and listen to his podcast and actually be honest with yourself and go out and apply it, you can change yourself. Yeah, that's into what the you want to be. You got to be honest. It's self-accountability yeah. just like a workout program. Yeah. Archery is a workout. My back is sore right now from the 100 arrows we shot this morning. Yep. You know, uh, that, well, let's get you on the plane. Otherwise, know. you're going to miss it. <laughs> if I miss the plane, I get to stay. Uh, yeah, it's a good tactic. It is for sure. But you're going to be a cameraman when we get back. We got. Otherwise, everyone's going to be mad at you because homework didn't get divvied out. But uh, thanks everybody for tuning. Is it Sunday? Yes. Holy gosh! Thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll be checking back in with you later. Knock on everybody. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com. <laughs>